like the real deal now. Ooh. Gonna kick this sorry ass out on the street. the Logan Western podcast. My name is Robert Fuller and returning to the podcast is Trey Irby. Trey, welcome back. Oh, hey, howdy. Um, I'm hoping that I sound a little bit better than past appearances in that uh, I have a new microphone that uh, I'm more or less testing for the first time. And uh, hopefully that means that I sound amazing right now. And yeah. that while I, I, I'm basically just laying back. <laughs> so, you know, pretty good, pretty good life, you know, just podcasting about, uh, about, uh, these old, uh, payback pay-per-views. Isn't that what this was, uh, what not, what I was, uh, signed up to do? Oh, uh, close. You just left one after that. It's, uh, we are continuing our series on 10 years of money in the bank. And this time we're talking about the match at WrestleMania 25. Oh dang! I gotta. I guess I gotta. Gotta pull up my notes. I guess I, I was lucky enough that I watched WrestleMania 25 yeah, before this, <laughs> but I had all these notes set for AJ versus Caitlin match at Payback. But I have to change my have to change my game plan here. I guess I'm gonna have to. Uh, Oh, oh, good. I have notes from WrestleMania 25. What a coincidence. Oh, thank God for that. Um, so, um, Trey, uh, what was your first initial thoughts about the money, the bank, when you first heard about it? I mean, I think at the, at, I'll admit, for the most part, uh, I got back into pro wrestling around 2007, so... I think I was aware of the cash-ins. Like, I feel like I might, like, I was very selective about wrestling. Like, I was aware of, like, the Edge live sex celebration, which happened after uh, his cash-in in 2006. Yeah. But I had never watched any, I feel like I hadn't watched any of the matches till I think, maybe the Punk one in uh, uh, 2008. The one that's uh, before this particular Money in the Bank match. And, of course, that time, you know, it was just crazy to begin with because that was around that time that, you know, Jeff Hardy is, they're like, everybody's like, Jeff Hardy's supposed to win this match. And then stuff happened. And then, you know, everything kind of uh, goes up in the air. And um, around that point, I guess I also didn't realize that... uh, a lot of these matches really made a lot of these earlier WrestleMania, like the, I say earlier WrestleMania shows, like this happened like 30 years ago. Like, but they, they made like these, you know, the 2005 through 2010 period of WrestleMania shows to where they had like, you're, it seemed like you were almost guaranteed a match that was crazy exciting, seemed really dangerous. Yeah. And, for the show that it's doing, that it's on, it makes a lot of sense that people would go, you know, all out crazy for it. It's kind of like why, like, not not to 
throw this too much into modern comparison because I realize that's instantly going to date this, but like it's you know, it's it's why like how like the Money in the Bank matches to me felt more interesting than say the match that happened at WrestleMania 31 uh, this year uh, in in the year 2015. If you're hearing this uh, years ahead of uh, time here, where it's like a match for the Intercontinental Title, where you're like. I mean, that seems like that should be important, but, like, Intercontinental title or instant boost of credibility, which is, for the most part, what the idea of the money in the bank is supposed to be, that you are instantly a more credible contender simply by the virtue of the fact that uh, whether or not you're in the main event scene, you can force yourself into it at any time. Yeah, that's true. I mean, it's, it's one of I like I, I had heard about it at WrestleMania twenty one, but that was just before I got out of wrestling, and then and got back into it that year after this. Uh, one of the first matches I saw was the WrestleMania twenty six money uh, money in the back of the match. <laughs> well, what, what a match! What a match to come back to. You you <laughs> came back to the most underwhelming Money in the Bank winner, which led to the least interesting Money in the Bank cash yeah, in history. Yeah, that's true. Um, I'm not saying all the cash ins yet, but I think that one probably one of the most... That one, I think, one of which probably one of the most like, least interesting ones. Um, so, with this one, um, with all the early, early Money in the Bank matches, uh, Wes had to um, qualify by winning the match. Um, at this time, all three brands, you had uh, War, SmackDown, ECW, and the wrestlers from all three brands, and the winner will face the relevant championship. Um, so in the qualifying matches, you had CM Punk uh, qualified by beating The Miz and John Morrison, and then Kane defeated Rey Mysterio and Mike Knox in the first match, so he qualified. And then ECW, Mark Henry beat uh, Santino Morella to qualify, and then... Um, MVP and Sheldon Belgium qualified on SmackDown by beating each of the Hardys in singles matches. And then um, the week after that, Kofi beat uh, Chris Jericho and Chris Jean, uh qualified by winning a Battle Royal. Um, and then the final Western qualify was uh, Finley on SmackDown when he beat Brian Kendrick. Um, and then that, over the following windows from there, they had, like, they had a few eight-man tag team matches, eight-man Battle Royal, trying to create a bit of like tension for the match. Um, so the final eight uh, were CM Punk, Mike, Mark Henry, MVP, Finley, Sheldon Benjamin, Kobe Kingston, Christian, and Kane. Uh, first time this has um, eight for this year. Um, did you think that was a good group of guys to go with? I mean, there's like there are some ones that, uh, especially when you start paying attention to that, you start realizing that they're definitely going through a process where they feel like, okay, this has to be the correct formula and do it. We need a couple big guys. We need I guess we need Shelton in there because he'll do something crazy and I guess we need Kofi in there because he'll do something crazy. And you know, the people that will actually potentially win the match. (laughs) You know, the other people. Your CM Punks, if you will. Yeah, I think out of this, I mean, I think the the own the last, the last time I had a group where I was like, what the, f- you know, why, why are they here? Is the, uh, the SmackDown match in 2011. You had people like Daniel Bryan, Seamus, Kane. They had like people like Heath Slayton, Justin Gable. And you think to yourself, you should be nowhere near this kind of match. Um, and they had Sin Cara as well, but I never thought Sin Cara would win a Money in the Bank ladder match because 
mean, I don't know. I think they would like their champion to, I don't know, say words. What do you mean? You think you, you, you don't, you don't think that he could just, you know, exact, give an exaggerated motion and be like, this is a briefcase. Uh, <laughs> that. Yeah. Please, oh, yeah. like just keep just hand it to him. Uh, oh, I don't know. That's you know what. Sid Cara's money in the bank has a lot of possibilities. They could still do yeah. that. Technically, yeah, they, still do that. they won't, but they still could. Yeah, that's true. Um, so the match begins where. Um, All right, so you want to just go? Kind of, oh, oh, sorry. <laughs> no, yeah, just go quickly like go through. Sorry, it. I, was, I was actually about to say what you just said. No, that's fine. Uh, yeah, so it's, the match starts with uh, Kenan. Mark Henry to clear the wing and then it's off by each other. And then uh, Christian and Ben Duren hit Henry and Kane with a ladder. And the crowd doing a Kofi, but he dropped this the ladder and then he does the first high wrist move, which is a leg drop onto the ladder. And then uh, Finnick gets involved by from Kofi and then he gets hit by a big boot by Kane. So all of a sudden, Kane and Mark Henry are going to be a big guys. So we're going to try and kind of slow them down. I get that a lot of like ladder matches. These are big guys, and so get a lot of people trying to team up and beat, you know, beat them down. And sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. Um, um, yeah, but, it's it's kind of one of those things where a lot of I, I've been. I don't know if you know this, but I've been watching a lot of ladder matches lately right, yeah. <laughs> in preparation for this. So I've been finding it kind of funny that with like with like multi man ones that they kind of end up with the same sort of form where it's like, okay, you have the two big guys, they just throw everyone else out, everybody else just gone for like first couple minutes, and then they just kind of just slowly fighting, you know, just clubbering each other, you know, just gonna just keep going, <laughs> you know. And, just stuff like, and then, and then wait till someone shows up and is like, "Hey, I'm gonna put my feet on the ladder here. Let me let me hit you with a ladder." And then they're like, "Oh my god!" Yeah, definitely. I mean, you get you get. I mean, all these matches are fun, but you always get that same the same spots effectively. Um, but it did a bit where Katie Henry start to climb up, but they're stopped by everyone else. And um, they set up two ladders. And you got Finley Benjamin MVP Punkin Kofi are fighting for the briefcase on that. But Kane and Henry seem to be like inadvertently teaming up. They're trying to like both climb at the same time, trying to stop other people at the same time. And um, they push the ladders away, and uh, that sends them pretty much everyone down. And then Kane takes out Henry and then uh, climbs up, but Henry stops him. And then um, I think there was a neat bit by Finley where he comes in and Henry decides to throw a ladder on him, but he, he, he just misses it. Um, and then he does a drop toe hold, then a drop kick to Mark Henry and goes out. Um, so it's it's very fast paced, and with Finley, it, it's probably not something you perhaps used to that kind of wrestler. He is a baller, it's a bit a bit weird seeing him like you know dodge things. Oh yeah, like one thing I like paid attention to in this match, especially is I'm I'm just gonna be kind of honest. I feel like Fit Finley is probably like if not my favorite probably a top 5 favorite wrestler. I can't think of like any matches I've seen with Finley where I didn't go, "Oh, Finley kind of screwed that up there. That that yeah. really wasn't great." But because like most of the time, like I don't know, I don't know how far this was into the match, but like Finley does a suicide dive in this match. Yeah, that's the next He's thing he does. 50 at this match. Yeah, yeah that's the next thing he does. He does a suicide dive to uh... 
to Benjamin and Kane who are outside, and then you know the spot where they all like uh, you know they're all outside, and then one does a high risk maneuver, and then no one does a high risk maneuver. Um, yeah, I think there was. I think it was Shelton in that particular instance because he uh like he climbed up way up the ladder, like uh, yeah, one of the yeah. ladders on the outside, and <laughs> it didn't look great for Shelton because it looked like they just barely maybe caught him somewhat, but it all yeah, it, it, didn't, it didn't look really it didn't look really bad because he got hit first out of all these maneuvers and then. And then he's always just seen on top of this like massive ladder. And then when he does it, it did the way the camera got it looked like he just went straight to the floor. I just missed a duke of like six people. Yeah, it, it didn't. Yeah, it was a weird. It was a weird case of WWE's camera angles actually possibly making it look like he did. But he had a much worse fall than he actually did. I don't know the health of uh, one Shelton, the future Shelton X Benjamin. Yeah. But um, uh, he did not, did not seem like that was a particularly great uh, fall for him. But no, well, uh, maybe he's okay now. So you know, well, well, he, does pay, he, he does pay part in the West May Twenty Six match. But uh, well, don't forget, this is the same night that Undertaker almost got killed doing his own version of a suicide dive. So you know, seeing two potentially really dangerous things in the same night it can be a bit distressing. Oh God! Oh God! Yeah. I think it was, I mean, no, no fits to Shelton on that one, but I think in the Undertaker match, it kind of was stranger just because, like, if Shelton's taken out of the match, this this going to sound morbid, but, like, if Shelton got really badly hurt in that match, they have seven other people in that match. Yeah. To where they could be like, well, you know, they, they could put on their Owen voices or whatever and be like, Shelton Benjamin got really badly hurt on that one. But anyways, here's Kane with the ladder, you know, like, you know, get back into it. Whereas yeah. in Taker's match, if, he, if, he, if dude gets hurt there, there you're kind of in trouble. Yeah, and I, I don't think they want that the streak to end on a, on a box suicide dive. Yeah, I mean, imagine how history would have would have been would have changed though yeah. if John Michael was like, "Well, I guess I gotta win this match now." Yeah. Well, the streak's over at WrestleMania 25. Yeah. No hope in the future that some dude will just shockingly zap the streak five years later. Yeah, that's true. I thought my podcast series would have ended in 17 or 22 parts. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it should have. Imagine if it ended at like Wrestle. What was that WrestleMania where he like got where he won by like DQ against like that, the giant Gonzalez? That was um, WrestleMania Nine. I bought in WrestleMania <laughs> Nineteen. He had a tag team match. Uh, he had he's supposed to have Nathan Jones been up in this handicap match, and then but at the end of the match, Nathan Jones comes in and just uh, he kicks. I think he kicks Big Show, one from the referee, and I'm thinking to myself, should he? Have you just disqualified Undertaker here? The referee's like, nah, whatever, come on. So, <laughs> he kind of dodged the bullet there. <laughs> um, I can't, this is not really the ending of this match. Yeah, I can't yeah, yeah. change the ending. Yeah. You know, <laughs> classic Nathan Jones memories in this WrestleMania 25 uh, Money in the Bank match. Yeah, definitely. Uh, but uh, we've, after the Benjamin spot, uh, it looked like Mark Henry's goal is going to go up in the corner. I was, I was like, oh. Oh shit! That would, that would be awesome yet scary at the same time. 
Uh, oh yeah, it, it's it's the ultimate t- it, like it, the, it's the ultimate tease spot to where it's yeah. like you know I don't I don't know if Mark Henry could ever do a high flying move, yeah. but I want to see it. Yeah, see if he does it. Uh, but uh, Finley like kind of stops it by hitting him with his um, shirley. Uh, which is that I was coming. I don't know what the hell that was. It was weird how they said that. Oh, it was weird how they said that shillelagh thing too. Because I thought someone on commentary may have said Finley illegally hitting him with the shillelagh. Where it's like it's a ladder match. <laughs> so uh, you can hit him with anything. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it's like we've had people get viciously mauled by ladders, but this this shillelagh. Oh yeah, that's. That's so devastating. That. That's too much. Yeah. Um, Hoswoggle, who was with Finley at the time, um, gives it gives him a, a small ladder, uh, and then he uses that to splash everyone on the outside, which I thought was pretty funny. Um, but Finley puts it's up a ladder. It's a good spot. Oh yeah, definitely. Um, and then Finley puts up another ladder. I can't remember so many ladders because ladders like everywhere. So um, <laughs> it is. Yeah. But uh, when Finley puts him on it, Kobe does a nice bit where he kind of dives through and then um, kicks uh, Finley through that. And then when he goes for an avalanche splash, um, he gets the small ladder thrown at him. Um, Finley then uses the small ladder to take out Punk, Christian, and Kane. And then he starts to uh, climb up. But Kobe hits him with the Trouble in Paradise, which I, I, I quite like that move, personally. It's, a, it's an interesting move in that, like... Uh, I I liked it especially when um I guess this wasn't the, the I guess I'd be moving forward in that one but any time that there's like a guy that would have like another finisher that is also a kick it also yeah. creates like a really interesting spot where it'd be like you the big man got hit with the one kick and then he got hit with the other guy's finisher kick and then he got like speared and you're like whoa that's a lot happening at once here yeah definitely. Um, so, so Kobe starts kind of up, but, uh, Henry pulls the ladder away and then he does the, uh, the world's strongest, strongest slam. And then that sends Kofi onto the ladder. Um, Henry starts to climb up and then he's hit by the ladder for MVP. And, um, MVP and Benjamin fight off a little bit before MVP hits, um, a power bomb. Um, MVP climbs up and then he's stopped by Punk and then Christian pulls off MVP and clotheslines him and then goes after Punk and he hits a really nice looking pretty off the ladder. It is. That, was this around the time just before they renamed it to the Kill Switch? Yeah, that, I think that, so. Yeah, that threw me off when uh, JR was like, that's the unprettier I thought. And I had to remember that there was a period when Christian came back that that move was still known as the unprettier and not the kill switch and not uh, and not to not to get mad at 2009 Jim Ross for not watching ECW or whatever. Yeah. I know you mean it's uh, very good. Um, yeah, and then uh, MVP climbs up, but Benjamin goes up to it and then he botches, he does a really bad sunset flip powerbomb because instead of like sending him over his head he kind of let MVP drop behind him and it looked really bad. It didn't look good no, that was kind of the one where it looked like he was kind of almost slaying him, slaying him outside to like 
to the point yeah. where it looked like MVP probably about busted the back of his head. Yeah, definitely. Um, so Benjamin does do another power bomb and sends MVP crashing into Mark Henry, uh, Kobe Kingsley, and Tony Atlas, who was the manager of Mark Henry at the time. Um, I forgot all about that because you only you don't you only see him like briefly glimpse them in the match. And then when he gets like killed by the power bomb, like, yeah. who's that? Oh yeah, it's just Tony Atlas. What the hell? So uh, oh yeah, it's it's <laughs> there is one positive thing about like Mark Henry, the Mark Henry Tony Atlas connection, which was actually a pretty great a pretty great tandem. I feel like like yeah. it's weird because it's like it shouldn't work because Tony Atlas is not a very good talker, and yeah. Mark Henry just. He hadn't quite got it yet as far as being like this, you know. I mean, I feel like he was a really good, perf- like, he, something about him definitely was starting to click in that ECW run. Yeah. And then in some, some facets just before that. But, uh, I feel like that his personality hadn't quite matured to the great personality that we obviously saw in like, you know, 2010. On to 2011. Yeah, I mean, but, I, I loved his uh, I loved his uh, world title win. I thought it was absolutely brilliant. Oh yeah, it's, no, that that's that's a recap series we could do. Yeah. Night of Champions world title wins. <laughs> yeah, you know, what, was that Night of Champions world? He, he won it sometime. Yeah, he won it. He won History. That. Yeah, he won it that one. Um, but uh, yeah, I thought it was a good one. Yeah, but I think my other favorite part about like the Tony Atlas thing is that when Mark Henry comes out, Mark Henry and Tony Atlas have the same exact walk. Yes, they do. They uh, walked in tandem. They walked uh, with a with a purpose, and they walked with uh, the awareness that the other was walking at the same exact time. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> that uh, is a t- that is a tandem. Yes. Um. So Benjamin and Finley start to uh, climb the ladder, but uh, Finley gets knocked off, but Christian pulls down Sandy Benjamin, and then they both climb the ladder. Um, the ladder topples just naturally. Benjamin goes flying to the outside, but Christian managed to put his foot on the rope and keep the ladder from falling, and then put himself back up. And I would have, if Christian went up to win it, I thought that would have been a great ending. Yeah, um, what's interesting about that match, too, was... Um, Obviously, it had not been that long since Christian came back to WWE on the uh, ECW brand, yeah. and people were into the idea of Christian winning that match, to where I think a lot of people at the time didn't expect that, say, for example, they didn't, just because they hadn't done two-time winners, they didn't expect it would be CM Punk, yeah. and like so the other people in that match would be like, Sure, MVP, you know, was coming back, you know, from, like, the losing streak deal and, like, a heel turn and whatnot, but he already had a belt. They, you know, you would assume that they would have figured out plans for him out, outside of that, which, yeah. <laughs> haha, but, um, and then everybody else just, no, as, as much as I would love if Fit Finley held the money in the bank, I yeah. don't feel like that was a thing that would have ever happened. No, unfortunately not. Um, so Christian almost gets the briefcase, but he's stopped by Punk. Uh, Punk kind of is, uh, gets dealt with, he's hanging off the ladder. Um, but Christian gets, 
kind of choke slammed off the um, ladder by Kane when he climbed up. And then uh, Kane and Punk fight it out. And then Punk eventually kicks off Kane and grabs the uh, briefcase to win the match. And Punk becomes the first guy to win the Money in the Bank match two times. Um, so yeah, it's 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 pretty it's a weird decision to think of in hindsight, but uh, with hindsight and with what we end up knowing about two thousand nine WWE, yeah, uh, it was the correct decision. Yeah, <laughs> like that. Ultimately, Punk having that Money in the Bank ended up creating. Probably the, I I'd say of like the of main event feuds of the past like ten years, the CM Punk Jeff Hardy feud that comes out of this is probably, if not the top one, it is like top th- three or five, I guess you'd yeah. say. Yeah, Coincidentally, competing against other CM Punk feuds, <laughs> but you know, like of of all the like. The feuds of those past ten years, like the CM Punk Jeff Hardy one, was you know was constantly fascinating in a way that you know really like it. It kind of played off what was a narrative from the prior year, the uh, the the Shawn Michaels Chris Jericho thing, where one small thing, yeah, like in the in the Shawn Michaels case, it was whether or not Shawn had a bad leg. In this one, it was, I believe the setup was, like, uh, if CM Punk had, like, an eye injury. Yeah. And basically, by the, by the end of it, it leads to Punk going full-fledged bad guy again. Yeah. It's, and it's, doing probably the some of the best work of his career. Some of the work that, obviously, even he himself is most proud of in the company, like, in that company history, because it leads to straight-edge society, you know, and... Yeah. All this genuinely amazing work that CM Punk did, and uh, unfortunately, I like Christian and I like Fit Finley, but that probably wouldn't have happened with those two if they had won the match. No, I suppose not. Um, well, with with the uh, with money with the cash in of CM Punk, he holds it for uh, only fifty three days, and with the and the whole kind of like feud between Jeff Hardy and CM Punk starts at. Extreme Rules 2009, which took place at the beginning of June, um, and Jeff Hardy had just defeated Edge in a ladder match for the um, World Heavyweight Championship. Um, but he gets injured, so Punk sees an opportunity to cash in, and he's a kick to the head and followed by uh, GTS to win the match. And it's simple, that's like the start of the feud, that's sort of like CM Punk's very uh, gradual heel turn as well. And I've, I've I think that's probably one of the... I think probably the feud... No, definitely the feud of 2009, in my opinion. Oh, oh, most assuredly. Like, I think my other favorite thing about this is uh, to go into the culture of 2009... of the 2009 internet wrestling community. I believe this is around the same time that uh, people were spreading around that video of... Uh, well, <laughs> I mean... It, like, I think there was a video that it came out like on YouTube yeah. of the cash in basically from the perspective of like uh, I think it was like some red some redneck wrestling fans because uh, we're very classy and we yeah. always spread around <laughs> positive images of ourselves um, but basically almost immediately as soon as CM Punk's music hits they're just like no 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 
like you know they're like they're getting really upset about the idea that CM Punk is screwing Jeff Hardy out of this moment, yeah. like to the point to where as soon as that happened at the end of it, you're like, oh, this heel turn is going to work. This is yeah. like, like this is going to completely work. That's yeah. like if they're having a response to that, and the guy hadn't even turned yet, yeah. then yeah, they're gonna they're. This, this is gonna be this is gonna be good, and it, well, as it turns out, it was. It's <laughs> a pretty good feud. Yeah, I think. I mean, it did come out at TLC match at SummerSlam, which was a really good match as well. Um, yeah, that's been with uh, with Punk now. Obviously, he's left the company. Um, do you think W kind of dropped the ball with him too too many times, or was he probably at the right place on the card before he left? Um, I, I don't know. I can't really speak to the punk of 2014 as far as, but I do think that you look at how punk was received in 2009, especially, I don't know if like 2008, I think he was very well received, but I also think that, you know, it was different circumstances, but by 2009, he clearly like, he clearly got elicited a response from the crowd and like it was also a classic example of like WWE looking at a top heel and then noticing like you know some weird like but he violates some weird wrestling code or some like just some weird you know kayfabe industry bullcrap because I think the story that came around about that and I think that it sometimes I feel like it became more apocryphal than anything else, but the story itself became very interesting in the sense that the reason why CM Punk lost his title and lost it in probably the most, I mean, he didn't get completely squashed, but like for a match with the undertaker, a guy that he would later face like, you know, years later and it would be a super dramatic near fall laden fest. He had like an eight minute hell in a cell match with him in two thousand nine and he just lost. Yeah. And this is after this is after like there were so many ways that they succeeded in the Punk Hardy feud that they somehow, through being WWE, managed to squander immediately because the first thing that they decide right after the CM Punk Jeff Hardy feud is let's have a feud with The Undertaker, which in in theory, on paper, that sounds great. Yeah, and obviously it ended up happening, you know, at a WrestleMania, and it was great. But but then they decided we don't really want Undertaker to lose this match, and we need an excuse for another match. Let's have I don't know. Let's do the Montreal screw job again. Yeah. You know, and like just stuff like that where you're like, what in the hell are you doing? Like that of all the like I think that was was that the one year in which the breaking point pay per view was a thing? I can't remember because I don't I didn't I'm it's, not really watching much of two thousand and nine. But we're okay. we want to take his way and that kind of help his reign kind of led to the match of Shawn Michaels because uh Shawn Michaels that was, at the end of that year Shawn Michaels won the uh, Slammy for that best match of the year with Undertaker. And then he goes, uh, no, I want a rematch. And Undertaker goes, now, good. 
But uh, because he was the World Heavyweight <laughs> Champion at the time, Shawn Michaels tries to win the Rumble but fails. So they kind of force the issue. He interferes in the elimination, the elimination chamber match next month. Forces gets on the table to lose his championship to Jericho. And then that builds up. I don't mind having Undertaker having the championship because that led to a really good storyline between him and Shawn Michaels. But perhaps the way he won it was probably not the way to go. Yeah, I mean, I mean, there's there's no denying that the end game of that story was going to be that CM Punk loses the title. And yeah. I don't think anybody denies it. I don't think he would have denied it in that particular instance. Because, I mean, that is supposed to be the end game. It's just that, much like the storyline previous to this, the way that he lost it is basically just like this unceremonious, oh, he got beat in the cage. He, yep, that's it. That's CM Punk world champion for you. And then, you know, shuddered away to a level where he is considered credible, but not a level where he is considered a, t- you know, the the pinnacle that, like, that obviously frustrated him for a great deal of his WWE tenure. And whether, whether however you feel about CM Punk in that instance, it doesn't really, it doesn't really matter now, necessarily. Yeah. And ultimately, at the end of the day, you know, everything everything is as it is, which is to say that CM Punk is now a man that significantly says that he hates professional wrestling and is and wants to fight in cages. Uh, so, you know, you know, good on him. Uh, I hope he I hope he's OK. Yeah, I hope I, so I'd rather I'd rather him not not uh, use so many. uh gendered slurs but uh, you know whatever yeah. it's, it's life it's it's his to live <laughs> yes definitely um so trey where can we find you on the internet um well more or less if you just want to follow me i'm i'm on twitter at uh i had a name change recently and changed it to irby the cleaner which is spelled i-r-b-y the cleaner because i thought ha 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 that's real clever because it sounds like Kenny the Cleaner, you know. Yeah. Good joke, good joke, Trey. I I, I say that a lot <laughs> because it makes me feel better <laughs> somehow. And um, I actually also have been doing a. Um, I'll try to hopefully by the time that uh, this is released, I'll actually have a few decent entries in this. But uh, I've been trying to do a Tumblr blog in which I play video games because. I've learned lately that I have way too many video games, so I feel like I need an excuse to write about them. So I'm doing a Tumblr blog called Trey Plays Games. It's at treyplaysgames.tumblr.com. Okay. Um, as for me, um, I'm on Twitter at Northern Wrestling, all one word. Um, if you want to look at pay per view reviews, that's at northernwrestling.blogspot.com. And the podcast is at loadofwestern.wordpress.com as well. Um, so, Craig, thank you very much for being on the show. Oh, no no problem. I've, I'm really interested to see what uh, else uh, comes up here in these Money in the Bank things. Because, uh, yeah. uh, hint, hint, I might not be going away. <laughs> <laughs> yes, uh, yes, you're turning for the 2010, uh, 2010 Money in the Bank matches. Um, So, uh, until then, um, thank you for listening, and goodbye.
one down, one to go. Um, oh, good I, deal. Yeah. I, yeah, I imagine that uh, we could probably knock this one out pretty quickly just because... Yeah. 